Back on Orange Nation, brought to you by Drivers Village. Just a couple minutes left here in hour number one. Phone lines remain open the rest of the way at 315-437-7644. Um, I do get the sense, and we'll, we'll talk BC as the week moves along, Seth, but I do get the sense that Saturday we're going to find out whether or not this is a 3-9 and nine team or whether there is a glimmer of hope at a bowl game. Because if oh, they, I was going to say if we're going to find out if they're three and nine or four and eight. No, I don't think that's necessarily okay. the case. Um, I, I think that if they lose this game, I think they're done. Um, I think they're done winning games, in my opinion. I, of the four left, this is the one that makes the most sense that they would win if they were only going to win one more. Um, but then at least you you get back in the win column. You give yourself a fighter's chance of getting two of the next three. Um, you know, everybody does their their ACC power rankings, and, and they're all over the board because the ACC is a mess. But I'm just going to – West Durham's on Twitter today, so I'm just going to pass along his. So Syracuse is dead last, and, and Syracuse is dead last in pretty much everybody's ACC power rankings. In the that, Atlantic or the co- – No, the, the whole thing. thing. The okay. whole thing. That That's not the point of this. I mean, they're, they're 14th, and they're 14th for a reason. Um, but you look at their, their last four opponents – Two of them are in the bottom half of the power rankings, BC and Duke. BC's ninth in West Durham's power rankings, which may be a little generous. Duke is 10th. And then he's got Wake Forest at second. He's got Louisville at four. Um, So you've got to win three of those. You you absolutely need the one that's home against a team that's in the bottom half of the division. That's BC. And then I, I think you absolutely need the next one coming off the bye week on the road at Duke. And now, if you are able to win those two, you're putting yourself in position to, can you split the last two games to get to a bowl game? It, it's possible, okay? But that that's why I say that I think we'll find out if it remains a possibility or if they lose this game, I think they're going 3-9. and nine. I do too. If they win it, I do think there's a chance, a chance that they could go 6-6. Six and six. Um, I'm not. I, I wouldn't bet on it, but I, I think you're either going three and nine, or you at least give yourself some hope. So I, I think we're going to know that by about you know three o'clock, three thirty on Saturday, whether this is a three and nine team. I mean, it really might. It, this really might sound terrible, but I think that we'll know by three o'clock whether they're three and nine or four and eight. Like I, I really do. I, I think that they're either I mean, winning Duke this game. Isn't that good? No, they're so. not. No, they're not. But Syracuse, Syracuse is really Syracuse not that either. good, I, and. Right. So I, I really think that this here's is it. Thing. I think that this is their their here's best a, chance for one last here's win. Here's the thing. Do you agree with me that if they didn't have statistically the worst offensive line in the country, like they have the worst offensive line in the country right yes, now. Yes, they do. If they didn't have the worst offensive line in the country and they're the second most penalized team in the country, if those things are different, and who could have predicted that they would have literally the worst offensive line and the, be the second most penalized team in the country, if those things were different... Couldn't you see this as a five and three team right now? Sure. If this offensive NC line, State of Pittsburgh, if this offensive line were somewhere around a hundred five instead of a hundred thirty, you're talking about a five and three team. Yes. So, so that's my point is that I this conference is so up in the air that I mean, just when we think Pittsburgh might be a top four team, you know, then Miami, you know, goes out and takes care of business. I did pick that one, by the way. Um, just just throwing that out there. Um, this conference is so up in the air that. Nothing would surprise no, me the rest and, and of the so way. if Syracuse literally didn't have the worst offensive line in the country, they could be four and four, five and three right now. We would be talking about what do they need to do to get to a bowl game. Instead, you know, the debate is are they a three and nine team or a four and eight team? Um, again, I think if they lose Saturday, I think they're th- they go three and nine. If they win, 
I think the door is at least open, and that's all you can ask for at this point. Uh, we do need to take another timeout. 315-437-7644. We'll keep football on the table. We will talk some basketball next as our number two kicks off on ESPN Radio. This is Orange Nation, brought to you by Charles Heating and Air Conditioning with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Hour number two of Orange Nation underway on ESPN Radio. Stephen Fonte, Seth Goldberg with you up until 2 o'clock. Phone lines open the rest of the way, 315-437-7644. We will talk some Q's basketball here coming up in a little bit, but back to the phone lines we go as we keep the football talk going. Brendan in Manlius up next on the show. Hey, Brendan. Here we go again, huh, guys? Yeah. So, Steve, I, I love you, man. You do a great job. But this whole, if the offensive line was better, we'd be 5-3. and three. I mean, yeah, if it didn't snow in Syracuse in December, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Um, my, my, point, my point is, my point is, is that the ACC is so up in the air that they're not that far away from winning those games against NC State and Pittsburgh. And that's my point, that as bad as they are on the offensive line, as many mistakes as they've made with penalties – you know they're not that far away from being five and three in this conference, but I, I understand your point. But go ahead, continue. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, that's okay. I, I, I guess I understand. But here's the reason why I'm more on, on Seth's Seth's team with this. I think other than Duke, and I could be even wrong with this, every team that we have remaining on the schedule has already beaten a team that we've lost to. Okay, that's. Number one. Number two, this offensive line is not getting any better. If anything, you know, Bart, with an injury, they're probably going to end up getting worse. Okay. So at this point in time, I have absolutely zero faith in this football team. I think that they're undisciplined. I think that they're confused. I'm not going to say that they're quitting. But I'll tell you what, I, I, I don't even like the effort necessarily. I think that these kids are going out there and they're just they're going through the motions. And when you go through the motions – you lose a lot of football games, okay? They're not doing anything that I can see that gives me any hope um, for the remaining schedule of, of this season. If you look at the teams that they have remaining, I think Louisville put up like 60 points a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, against Wake. Um, they, against Wake and Forest. Um, I, I think Boston College beats... NC State. I believe NC State. Yep. So you know where I'm going with this? Yep. It's just like you try you try to find ways to see if Syracuse can do this, if Syracuse can do that. I think, I think it was... Was it Bill Parcells? You are who your record says you are. And That's right. I, this team is this team is not gonna. I, I don't think they have it in them right now to catch lightning in a bottle. I just don't think they have the horses to do it. And to me, that falls on the coaching staff. And I've said this a hundred times. You have a system in place. You think it's going to win you football games in this conference. Well. Obviously, you're not recruiting to that system well enough, and that's a fact. And I don't know, I don't know what you guys think. And I, I think I made this point a couple of years ago. Um, after a couple four and eight seasons, you better go real, real hard at the graduate transfer route and hope for the best with, with offensive linemen coming in for next season because these kids can certainly get a little bit better. But to think they're going to all of a sudden go from the worst offensive line in the country to being competitive as early as next season, I think it's wishful thinking. I want nothing more than a call and to be completely wrong, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah, and listen, I, I can't argue with what you're saying, Brendan. Uh, you're right about Duke, by the way. They lost to, to Pittsburgh. So you're right. Everybody the rest of the way you know, has beaten somebody that, that Syracuse has, has lost to. Um, you know, the other thing is Syracuse has yet to beat a Power 5 opponent. And, and you yeah. look at their offensive numbers against Power 5 opponents, they're averaging 14.5 points per game. 14.5 points per game against Power 5 opponents. Um, so you're right, Brendan. I mean, we're not seeing any signs that this team is capable of winning three of its next four games. Um it, we're, we're, until the offensive line improves, until the offense gets better, you, you're not going to win these games. Um, in terms of the effort, 
That's why I said that I think we'll find out on Saturday whether this is a three and nine team. Because if if they lose to BC at home, then again, you know, you you always got to be careful about the whole. You know, are they quitting or you know are they not giving forth their effort or are they just not are they just not good are they just not capable this year? Um, I think you'll be able to tell on Saturday based on how that game goes, the effort that they put forth, the performance they have. You know, whether or not they've kind of given up on the season, and I and I'm not willing to go there yet. I didn't expect them to beat Florida State anyway. Um, I did expect them to beat NC State and Pittsburgh. Didn't happen. Um, well, I think we'll find out on Saturday if if they're if they're in it for the long haul or if they've kind of waved the white flag on 2019. Yeah, well, no, and that's why I say like I, I just I don't think this team has it in them to go win three out of four. I just I just don't at this point. You know, I, I haven't seen anything from them. The first eight weeks of the season that tells me they'll rip off three wins in four games, and uh, certainly not against Power Five opponents. They they've only beaten uh, Liberty, Western Michigan, and Holy Cross. And Maryland and turned out can, not to be good. Yeah, NC State has yep. turned out not to be good. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh has good. turned out not to be yeah. good. That's that's a troubling trend. Yeah, and you know what? You can you can make the argument. Well, what did we say the Monday after each of those three wins? Well, it was okay. Right, we weren't blown away by any of the three wins. Even the Holy Cross game. Even the Holy Cross game where they won, what, 41-3. to We were like, well, it was all right. I, I think that the, certainly the most impressive win. You, you felt the best after the Western Michigan. Oh, yeah, you know, Western, Western Michigan. Michigan. I thought yeah. you scored a lot of points. Um, defensively, but, you gave up some points, but then, you know, defensively, they, they made some plays down the end of that game. Um, I think you felt the best coming out of Western Michigan, but remember coming out of Holy Cross, not only was the offense sputtering and, you know, it didn't feel like a, a clean, efficient game, but Tommy DeVito left with injury after. After that game, you you weren't feeling great coming out of the Holy Cross game. You certainly weren't feeling no. great coming out of Liberty. No, not at all. I mean, the defense was fantastic, but the offense just it didn't do what we thought the offense that, was going to do. That Liberty pick, by the way, did not cash in for me this week. No, and somebody warned you about that. <laughs> somebody, warned, you should have listened to me on that one. You listened to me on the Florida State game. I didn't expect game. it to cash in. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, they they have three wins this year, and we came out of all three of them just feeling uh, like at best, just like okay. Maybe this maybe maybe this team's all right. Like we we didn't very good about any of the three wins, and you know hindsight being twenty twenty, that should have been the warning sign. Where yeah, the Maryland game, they just had an absolutely atrocious performance, and they lost really badly to a team that we didn't. Th- I didn't think was very good, but at the time you we were like, oh maybe they are. Maybe they've put good. they've put up seventy points in back to back weeks. Maybe they are good. Uh, it turns out they're not. Shocker, but. The the three wins, the fact that we came out of three wins and and on Monday shows we were like, eh, that should have been the the big red, big red flag. There have been a lot of red flags this year, and I don't want to say we ignored them, but again, we had we had ways of explaining the red flags up until you know really I think last week, right? I mean the the Pittsburgh game for me was just kind of like the okay, you know the, this this team the. We had signs that this team wasn't very good, but I think that you know losing to to Pittsburgh at home, um, for me that was kind of like all right, you know this is this is not going the right direction, and, and they're not going to be able to turn this thing around. Uh, let's get one more football call in. We've got uh, John in Liverpool. Liverpool, sorry about that. Well, yeah, go ahead, John. Yeah, guys, I think it's a mistake to blame it all on the offensive line. Certainly, most of it, but uh, there's been plays where he's he's held on to the ball too long. Devito's held on to the ball too long. Um, 
made uh, decisions slowly. and uh, Certainly most of it is on the offensive line, but not all of it. I mean, he should have been able to escape some of these, some of the sacks he's taken this year. You would have thought he could have escaped. And sometimes when he decides that everything's falling apart and he decides to tuck it and run, he should have made that decision about a half a second earlier. By now, the guys are tackling him. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's not all on the offensive line. Yeah, and I, I don't know if you just tuned in, John, but I mean, we, we, yeah, we've, been we've been saying been that, that throughout the show, that there's plenty of blame to go around. And, and certainly, Tommy DeVito's decision-making, I think, has been affected by how much he's been sacked. Um, yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. I think you know the offensive line certainly bears its burden, uh, you know, bears its its share of blame in this, um, but, but so does Tommy DeVito, the receivers, the running backs. Everybody's in this together. But I, I, think, I think a lot of it, you know, Goes back to the offensive line, but yeah, Tommy DeVito's decision making has has been affected. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Yeah, no question. And uh, you know, we said this in the first hour. There's certainly blame on the quarterback. There's certainly blame on the running back, the receivers, the coaching staff. I still think the majority of the blame goes on the offensive line. All right, I, I promised we were going to talk about some hoops. So uh, let's get to Pat in Syracuse, who's been uh, patiently waiting. Uh, Pat, how are you today? I'm good. You know, I went to the exhibition. It was just an exhibition. Uh, I want to bounce two uh, quick things off you guys. Um, what was your biggest takeaway from the scrimmage? I'll tell you mine by a, by a country mile was Robert Braswell, uh, hands down. What was yours? Braswell was fantastic. Yep. Um, my overall uh, observation, for me, observation number one was, it, it. you know, all this chatter we've heard about the, the tempo changing this year. The tempo is going to change this year. And I, I thought that that was... That was good to see, and I realized the opponent, but regardless of the opponent, I, I do think this team is... Now, are they going to play like that against Virginia? Probably not. Are they going to play with a little more pace, though, than we're used to seeing or we saw the last couple of years? I think that I think we're absolutely certain of that, and, and I, was, I was glad to see that, Pat. My overarching thing was, I think they've got an offense that's better, but I think their defense is going to struggle, specifically early. Yeah, and that actually is a perfect segue to, to my next point. Um, for, for, for me, with Bay and then whether you stick Edwards in the middle, um, to me, we should either just focus on our offense and put our best offensive lineup on the floor because I think four of our five best players probably play two or three positions when you look at Quincy, Dolajay, Hughes. I don't know if I'm ready to put Braswell in that conversation yet because, you know, Jalen's got a lot of game and I, I really think um, so does Bryson. Um, but you, you, I, I don't know. Last year, uh, Braswell was listed at six nine all over everywhere, and and now he's listed at six seven. So I, I don't, I don't know how tall he is. I don't, I know he's not big enough to play the middle. Um, but you know, Quincy, who knows? But my whole thing with this team, and I, I, I said it last year, early on against, I think it was Cornell or Colgate, when we just allow these teams to just shoot threes, and I, I just. You're so superior athletically, just don't let them shoot threes. And I, and I know people say, oh, that's it. no. You can go out another foot and make sure they don't shoot threes and not get sucked in by that stupid pass. And if, if you look at it, when um, they made their run, then coach called timeout and got the players to do that, then, 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 it was, then they basically spread it from a uh, six-point game to 30. But I just don't understand. Like, this is all they're doing is shooting threes. Don't let them do it. And let them drive by you and see what happens. I, I that's the theme of the year because because the line is further out, so they got to close out even far, farther. I, I I just don't think we are aggressive enough on on the perimeter. I that's that that that's my whole thing. 
Yeah, and I, I think that, you know, this team, Pat uh, Damon, was not able to to do any damage inside. Their best player was an inside player, as you know, Andrew Sisko, and, and Syracuse made his life miserable uh, on Saturday. It was 5 for 14 from the field. They, they did a nice job on him, and, and, and he wasn't up to the challenge in terms of their, their length and athleticism. Um, but good teams will try to rip you apart from, from the inside out, right? I mean, that's how you attack the zone. You go to the high post, and as you said, you suck in the defense, and then you kind of pick your, you know, pick your poison uh, from the high post. Uh, Damon really wasn't able to do that. They were mainly just shooting threes, and, and they were deep threes, but it, you know, to your point, Syracuse has got to get out and contest. Now, it was the first exhibition game, and it's, you know, it's an opportunity for them to work on the defense. You've got you know, new guys in new positions and obviously not a lot of new players in the program, so it is a work in progress. I, I'm with you, Seth. I think that you know, they, they potentially could struggle defensively early in the season. I don't think there's any doubt about their offensive ability. They've got a lot of guys who could shoot. I mean, they were they do. 15 for 33 yeah. from three-point range. And, and it was it was multiple guys. I mean, it wasn't just Buddy Bayheim and Elijah and Joe Girard. I mean, you know, Jalen Carey hit a three. We saw Robert Braswell go three for four uh, from deep. Uh, Bryson Goodine hit, hit a pair of threes. I mean, they had they had multiple guys. They've, and, and, I mean, Quincy took one early, and I, I don't think— I don't think he hit it. Maybe he was zero for two. Yeah, so so he missed, but the shot looked good. Like you know, it it looked like a shot that he can make. It looked like he was comfortable making, uh, you know, making the the three and, and taking that three point shot. So um, I think they've got a lot of options, and I think that they're going to score a decent amount of points. The thing that does concern me again is you let up seventy one points to Damon, and you know that it's the first exhibition game. It's a D two school. Okay. But they're a D two school, and they probably shouldn't be scoring fourteen threes. I know, no, I know. But no, they I probably, know. I'm saying, but that they, that speaks to your defense. Got to get out and contest. Be, they probably shouldn't be scoring seventy one points on you. And so, I'm really curious to see tomorrow night. I'm really curious to see tomorrow night because I think Carlton, um, and we've seen this team come to the dome. We've seen Syracuse play them in in Canada. Um, this is like a really good Canadian team. Won the no, national not, title again last yeah, year. It's, it's not just like your average, like run of the mill international team. Like they're really good. This is the Duke and, of Canada. Yeah, and and I remember the quote that I'll keep coming back to is, "Do you remember when the Tyler Ennis team went up there? Yeah, they, and they played Carlton. They were down fifteen, and they, got, and they got yeah, they really got tested, and they ended up winning. But the quote that I remember hearing coming out of it was, "Well, they're like a middle of the pack ACC team, and it's like okay, so they're you, yeah, right? Like they're they are Syracuse right if, now, yeah, like that's." And and so that stuck with me about that team. So okay, if they're in middle of the pack ACC team and they won the Canadian National Championship last year, stop for it. Syracuse went twenty five and zero to start that year. Yeah, and they were down fifteen and pushed in that game. Won in overtime. Um, yeah. You know that game tomorrow night's going to be really interesting to me. Yeah, really interesting. I, I agree. I, I think it's going to be a good test. We saw, you know, the Italy trip. It was what it was. Uh, I think Damon was certainly a step up in competition. That team won 24 games a year ago at the Division Two level, made it to the Division Two NCAA tournament, and now this game tomorrow night, it's going to be, you know, a, a, another step up from Damon. Uh, and, and listen, they need it. They, they've got the, the reigning national champs coming, coming, to, coming to town uh, for, for the first game. And, you know, I know that, you know, they, they've got a lot of different pieces to the puzzle this year as well. Um, you know, Hunter gone and Ty Jerome gone and and Guy gone. Um, they're they're a different team, but they're still going to be really good. They still got Tony Bennett. They still got the, that defensive system. So Syracuse does need to be tested uh, to to get ready for that game. We desperately need to take a timeout, but phone lines remain open at three one five four three seven seventy six forty four. Quick break. Back after this on ESPN Radio.